Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today is Swim Swam co-founder, Olympic gold medalist, Mel Stewart, and Michael Andrew. Michael, so, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm super stoked. since i've spoken to either of you (laughs) it's it's been too long i uh last summer right around this time i was i was out there surfing with you and uh and i i really miss those days that was that was i can't believe that was almost a year ago like like unbelievable yeah no it's crazy when the swell was really good again too (laughs) so you would have been destroyed again (laughs) um that was that was good time so so Take us, just give us an, a quick update. How are you spending your quarantine right now? I, I see from your social media, you're in the pool, you're out of the pool, you're very active out of the pool. You know, take us, take us through what you've been doing to stay active lately. Yeah. So our training schedule, I mean, if we could even call it a schedule, has changed so much um, where we've gone kind of from a very regimented, streamlined, like knowing when we're training, where we're training, how much we're training and not really doing much out of the pool to now we're doing a majority of our work outside of the pool. Yeah, there you go. You see it. I'm in the gym. You're so swole. You're so fit. <laughs> That's the thing is I can't be that. I can't come back out of quarantine that little boy anymore. I got I to gotta catch up. Actually, it was funny. Matt Grievers commented on that post and it was like, oh, looking big guy. And I was like, Matt, I am nowhere near as big as you're going to be. <laughs> Wait, wait, let's, but, let's put the, the let, me, let me put this up. Let me put this up. Is, if I'm on camera, am I on camera? Uh, oh, you're on way. camera. There no, we go. We all there see it. it. There it is. <laughs> all Photoshop. No, like, um, like. It's been crazy. So we've been paddling a ton. So we've got a prone board, uh, which is kind of a new sport for me. I mean, obviously you guys know I'm obsessed with the ocean, being the surf. Um, none of that's changed. We're still surfing. There was a weird part of quarantine where <laughs> – Hang out with Des. There was a weird part of quarantine where I, um, the ocean was actually closed for a few weeks, and that was weird. That was really hard for us because we had to uh, figure out what do we do without any water whatsoever. And that's when we moved to cycling. And so you can even see the bike here in the back. So we've got the bike set up, and we've kind of moved it towards indoors, trying to stay safe. But the idea is just doing everything we can to become a stronger vessel. Um, and for me, it's, it's been so fun because it's so different to what I've ever been like used to. And my body's enjoying the change big time. And I feel now that we're back in the pool, uh, even a little bit, cause we're, we've got like maybe an hour and a half slot every day at weird times, but it's still like, I feel strong in the water, which is really good mentally. <laughs> it seems like of everybody who's been impacted by the shutdown, you might be the one swimmer on earth who's been impacted the least not i mean i i don't that's just that's just from the outside looking in is that do you feel like that's an accurate statement yeah i agree i completely and i've spoken to friends and stuff and like everybody i meet asks me like oh what about the olympics and what about your training and what about all this and it's like life goes on you know and and i'm i'm super blessed to live in probably the best place in the u.s i've got it's, i feel like i live in paradise and i never want to leave and so i'm i'm just taking this moment to enjoy what's around me um but at the same time you know knowing okay like 
we've got things to work on and things to push towards and and that's exciting so it's been like a weird vacation training trip type vibe for the last three months <laughs> uh i i want to hear about about cycling it's because it seems like you've gotten pretty into it you've used a few different apps that i've seen um t- you know tell us about it seems like you've done a deep dive into the cycling yeah tell big us time it. so it's interesting so my agent um guy east so he used to cycle with lance armstrong and so that's kind of where i was introduced to the world of cycling um and then also through a sponsor of mine PowerDot. They've actually just started a challenge online uh, for, I think, the entire month of July. It's this big cycling challenge, basically seeing who can log the most miles. Now, I'm nowhere near some of these guys that are riding thousands of miles in a few days. But I've noticed, you know, like when I hop on the bike, it's an opportunity for me to get outside, to see where I live, to kind of see things from a different perspective, but I also love being on two wheels. You know, like when I was in Kansas, I rode dirt bikes. Like we had mountain bikes. Like I always loved doing that. And for it to be another form of exercise that I think will translate somewhat to the pool, maybe not a hundred percent specifically, it's just an exciting activity. And then also I've blessed again with really cool connections to people that can help me get awesome gear and get me situated so that I'm comfortable. And that's kind of been part of the fun journey is, I've started doing these big rides on Saturday with Guy, where we'll start at the little donut shop, maybe a block from my house, and we'll ride all the way up through the hills into Rancho Santa Fe, and they have a cars and coffee every Saturday morning. So we just we show up there after maybe 28 miles of climbing, and we drive past all these Ferraris, Lamborghinis, like Ford GTs, just beautiful cars, and and then we make our way back into town. So it's like a very fun way to get out and just see new things completely. It's, it, we, you know, we've talked to a lot of people during the shutdown and some people are like, you know, it's like, this is an opportunity to do things differently. You already do things differently, but a lot of well, folks feel like they've made a gain in some small way. What, what do you yeah. think you've gained training wise mm. from this period of time? What have I gained training wise? Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind, what I've gained is, uh, a new sense of appreciation for having pool space because it's crazy. Like when we moved to California, we were like, Oh my goodness, we've got hundreds of pools to choose from. We can go anytime we want. There's always a lane open to so now there's one pool that we're super grateful for we're at the boys and girls club. We have a time slot, albeit short, but we have a time slot. And so I think there's a, a new sense of gratitude for, for that. Um, especially here in California, because I feel like we're one of the slowest states to opening things up because we're very, you know, very cautious and uh, I guess rightfully so, but it's one of those things that we're like, okay, it's just nice to be back in the water. Um, and outside of that, it's also been a season where I realized my biggest gain has been focusing on strength over my like endurance or technique or those little nuances that were always very, swim centered um i'm able to kind of just be an athlete not just a swimmer which has been a pretty fun uh season from the from the cycling you know i i think we've seen a lot of swimmers over the years get injured and then be relegated to a a, a stationary bike and we see Mm -hmm. them come back and and uh it's a notable difference one one swim that comes to mind was nick thoman's 100 back 2000 early 2000 
2010s uh, Winter Nationals. He he had been injured all fall, and then he goes and pops a 44-0 100-yard backstroke. You know, and that was it was all legs, right? He was just underwatering the whole way. Um, You know, he he said his legs were super strong. Have you felt in since you've been able to be in the water? Have you felt uh, that leg strength transfer from the bike to the pool at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Big time. Uh, for me, I even notice this too now when I try and squat and stuff, my leg, like it takes longer for me to fatigue. Um, I feel like there's more size in my thighs. There's more power. There's almost more, there's more confidence in pushing off the wall with like a really powerful burst than I had before. And that's just from the few rides I've been doing. And like, I by no means have logged thousands of miles. Like I'm still like very new to cycling. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm building into it, but I definitely see these huge gains, even, you know, one ride from another, uh, just in terms of being able to last longer and then stay with these other guys. But it's definitely translating to the pool. And two, I think what's interesting is we've coupled it with obviously doing upper body lifts and core and things like that. And because our legs are such a big muscle group, all the hormones and the growth that comes from that muscle being worked is actually helping me up top as well, uh, which is kind of the best of both worlds. That's nice. let me, do I get to jump in here now, Coleman? Hey, Coleman told me I, tells me I go off the reservation too, <laughs> too much. And hey, now you know we love going off the reservation. Tells me we go off the right. You are the most, I, I think if, if, if anybody has been critiqued in the sport of swimming, it, I think you get the gold medal we love for being Christmas. the most criticized swimmer in the sport of swimming. You know, and, we, and we, we grew up with you. We started with you when you were a little kid and, and it was, and it, no fault of yours. We had a policy where we would report every single time someone broke a, na- a NAG record, national age group record, and you just broke them over and over and over. But of course you, you broke God's law and decided not to go to college and turn pro at 14. So everybody really had it in for you. Yeah. Um, where, you know, where are you now in that process? Does, does I, I know that, that you, that rolls off your back, but it's like, yeah. I don't, I don't really, I don't really see it anymore. I think the world has flipped and become Michael Andrew fans. What does it feel like in your world? I feel the same way. And it's, it's weird saying that, like looking at myself, like, oh, like almost prideful, like, oh, people are fans now and want to see me succeed. But I definitely feel there's been a big shift. Um, and it's, it's, it's exciting. I, obviously, it's kind of one of those swimmer rules when watching or reading swim swim articles. Just don't venture to the comment section. You guys know that. And, you know, when I was younger, we would always be in the comment section. And it was almost an unhealthy thing. But nowadays when, I mean, even now we look at some articles and I'm not even in the article and people are speaking about it. It's like, why does that even have to come up? But um, it seems like there's been this massive flip from where four out of five were against us to where now four out of five are for us. Um, And it's cool to see that people have our back. And I think all that really came from was a consistency in our message and who we are and just being authentic about loving the sport and wanting to succeed. Um, and people eventually come around to that and they see our hearts f- towards it. And um, yeah, I, I feel like they find a way to attach to it and know, okay, like, wow, they're still still going. They didn't plateau at 12 like everybody said they would. <laughs> the gains have been consistent and the gains have been, you know, I, I really th- think that the, 
You can argue the gains have been consistent all the way through world championships. I think that was your best 50 fly, 22-8. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was never really happy with what happened at Worlds. Um, but yeah, there, like from the outside looking in, there was definitely, you know, you couldn't say that it had been a wasted few years. Like it always was going up. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely your, your elite breakout was 18 when it was like, whoa, yeah. Michael Andrews arrived. Um, right. 19, it, it felt like world championships. It felt like it's like, okay, he's still on the bubble. Right. And, um, and I felt that too. I felt like going into worlds, there was maybe more expectation I put on myself and a little bit of a like, okay, I did really well coming into this. How do I maintain that versus looking like, okay, how do I exceed this? How do I really push into it? And I don't think it was complacency, but there was just a level of like, I was comfortable. And going into worlds, just I don't know. It wasn't uh, I wasn't afraid to have a bad meet because I felt like you know I've been doing well. But I knew like afterwards, man, like I was I was pretty disappointed with the results. And that's kind of where that big push for the 200 IM came afterwards. Going into you know what would have been this Olympic trials, and uh, and then everything hit the fan. But. <laughs> Just on the topic of COVID, it's just, I'm trying to stay in that theme, but it's a, you know, there's a crew of athletes who definitely are going to benefit from another year. Uh, you, Carson, uh, yeah, a, lot a, a lot of younger swimmers who are developing and growing and just getting bigger and stronger with age. And yeah. it's, uh, I did, you know, I didn't want to call you out for world championships because you, you still yeah. you dropped some personal best times, yeah. but the extra year, um, when you found, it had to be disappointing, but. But when you when you found out okay it's delayed what was the did you think yeah this is gonna be good for me or oh yeah immediately immediately no I I actually I wouldn't go as far as saying like I was relieved but I would go as far as saying I automatically saw the huge opportunity to get stronger um, and you know it, it's kind of bad thinking of this but like there's a lot of athletes that it, it might hurt um, and those athletes are my competition and it's that kind of competitor spirit where I'm like, well, like that, that gives me an advantage. Um, so there's definitely that side of it. And I hate thinking that, but it, it is, you know, an opportunity to get stronger, get faster, learn more about my body and then how to race. Um, it is unfortunate that we really don't have many races until the end of the year. Uh, if those will even happen still, we don't know. Um, Cause you guys know, I love to race. <laughs> You should do an ultra short race pace invite brand yeah. it, and, and do your own little SoCal elite get together. Just want to partner with us in that. <laughs> I mean, you do it. We'll promote it. Here's the thing. Any, anybody who hosts a meet and they do it safely um, and they, they games, they're going to be the event to watch period. But it's, uh, you know, we're just right. tossing it out. Yeah. We're being creative here on the podcast. About. Huh. Maybe maybe even New York Breakers and we can put something together, a little local thing. Everywhere. Just fifties. Just fifties, exactly. Fifties and hundred IM. <laughs> we we like twenty five relays. <laughs> so so speaking of, of, of short pours, short whatever, short things, um, what's what's your swimming looking like right now? You said you have about an hour and a half each morning. Um you know, yeah. you usually train pretty, sh pretty short in speed anyway, but, but ha has that changed at all? 
No, we're actually, we're pretty much back to what we were doing in the past uh, in terms of distance per practice. Obviously, we have less practices in the week because we're not doubling at all yet. Um, I believe next week, uh, we're hopeful. It looks like our YMCA is going to be opening. So we'll start to double Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So we'll do like our morning at the Boys and Girls Club, and then we'll go to the Y in the evening for just sprints. Um, but other than that, the sessions are the same. Like this morning, we pushed for four sets. We're still going like 20, 25s at 100 pace. Um, and we'll go rest, fly, free, IM, however order. Um, the only thing we're noticing now is the speed is, it's good the first maybe Monday, Tuesday, and then it drops off a little bit. And it's, it gets harder to kind of hold that. Um, and I think there's a number of things. Obviously, you know, we, we've lost a little bit of endurance uh, in terms of swim endurance. And then we've also added fatigue from lifting, paddling, cycling, whatever it may be. And so that's something that I'm kind of looking forward to not being so focused on the time and the amount of efforts made right now, but just learning how to cope with the extra fatigue added to the training so that when we are back to full speed, I can do full speed with those added elements. Have you been surprised by anything you've done in, in practice lately? Yeah. Um, I think there was, uh, there was a day, it was like the first day back in the pool. I went like an eight, five to the hands on a sprint and it felt good. <laughs> and it like, it was easy. Like I was like, okay, this is amazing. And with my underwater circuit, <laughs> everything is just like right there. Note to, to, to Michael and Peter get video. Yes. Okay. I, I feel like we have video of it. I can, I'll send it to you. <laughs> we want that video. Okay. <laughs> that would be awesome. We would love to see an eight five. I think the world would explode if they saw an eight five right now. I don't, I don't, an eight five doesn't enter my mind. It's like, what? Mel can't run eight an eight five. <laughs> no, it's, it's been right. fun. Like, I was, I too, I actually remember the first day I even posted about it on Instagram. I was like day one and I feel like I've never left the pool. And that was actually what was really weird for me is usually in a season, if I take, you know, more than a weekend off, like three or four days, I come back into the water feeling really weird. Like the feeling of the water is just awkward. The propulsion, like all of it's just off. Um, but my first day, it felt like I hadn't left the water, which was really odd for me. Um, but welcomed, of course. <laughs> well, let me just, this is, um, Coleman's going to smack my hand later, but I have to ask this question. You, you know, you, you've been, uh, you're a great ambassador of swimming and you're a great partner to have, you know, a lot, some swimmers are engaged and they are, they're great partners. You know, you're, you, uh, you're wearing your Adidas hat, yeah. you know, you, you know how to do it. You, you're, you understand who's paying your bills. Um, I think, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, we're on the business side of swim at swim swam. We, we engage a lot of advertisers. I'd say, 15% conservatively probably going to go out of business mm -hmm. and some people are paying slower. Uh, you know, have, is, have you seen any sort of economic impact on your end because your brand, your business, is it, um, you know, how, how, how has it been from the athlete's point of view? Right, right. No, there has been, um, a pretty big impact. I feel like in terms, so I had a few contracts that, or one in particular that went up. It was my year, you know, everything had been played out. And when we kind of came back to negotiating, signing another year, it was like, hey, we were really hurting through this. We 
we want to help you. We're going to still send you everything you need. We love you and support you. But right now we just financially can't. Um, and that, that was a big hit. Um, I'm very grateful to still have Adidas and sponsors that, you know, are supporting and it's, and it's really, really huge. And then also, you know, we haven't, uh, through USA swimming, we're still receiving our stipend and all of that. So we are comfortable, but you, you definitely see, um, some hits. I am grateful too, where I'm, I'm, you know, we have a business entity through the LLC and we've got loans and PPP and all that type of stuff that we're being smart with. And, and I've made sure to be wise in the past and setting up, you know, rainy day funds and things like that. So it's all about adulting and <laughs> learn from a young age. So turning pro at 14 is not. Yeah, it, it does good things for you. <laughs> it, 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 you became a pro so soon. You became, you, you know, it, it, God, if there were cameras back when we were all 14, 15 years old, um, you carried yourself well. You, you've been professional. You've been mature beyond your years. But it's interesting to hear your takeaway. So I'm having the same conversation with people who are business owners in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And they said exactly what you did. But um, interesting perspective from somebody who's actually competing in the water. Oh, 100%. I think, I think my, where my biggest hit came is through competitions. Um, because obviously, you know, you go to Mary Nostrum, you go to World Cups, you go to all those events. And that's where I made, you know, over 50% of my earnings last year. And it was a good chunk of money. And so, so that was a hit. But we were grateful because we actually still had um, the Champion Series in January before everything was shut down. So that, that definitely floated quite a bit, which is good. Do you, are, are you comfortable sharing how much you took away from that meet? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it was, um, I remember when the, when the check came in, it was about 90 grand. Um, but that was including, I think, some World Cups from the year before. But it was like, I think I earned about 80 through that Champion Series. Fina. That's why, it helps, that's why it helps to swim all those events, you know? It's like, if you don't want to swim it, I'll swim it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying Fina like I'm impressed, but Fina, yeah. Fina, Fina can cut that check. And Fina's got a whole lot more where that came from. Yeah. Fina, if you're listening, we know about your cash. We know how much cash you're sitting on. We're aware of it, and we as athletes, excuse me, and former athletes believe that an economy of swim is far better when the cash flows through the marketplace. Yeah. So. I, I agree with that. I second that. Write bigger checks. <laughs> so I, that, that raises an interesting question. So you said you got the check, and, it, and it, it, you, know, you weren't sure, but it might have been from some, some World Cups also. So I know it, it – in history, you know, you would go to a meet like that and you'd win and they'd just give you a handful of cash and you'd wow. walk away. Uh, you know, ha and I think that's kind of what people expect. You know, it's like, oh, you won first place. They'll give you a thousand dollars on the spot or 10,000 on the spot, yeah. which obviously not the case. D do you, uh, do you lose track of winning sometimes? How, how long does it, does it take for you to actually see winnings from some of these meets? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much I can say and be like, <laughs> I mean, cause we're still in, in a, a lawsuit with FINA ISL. And so that's ongoing, mm -hmm. but, um, there is, there, there's, there was a year, well, every, every year after world cups where it'd be a couple months and I'd be like, I got almost forget about it. And then it would come in and I'd be like, Oh snap, it's like my birthday. And I had no idea it was coming in. 
um, which is really odd because, you know, typically you'd want to track all that, but it's just, yeah, it is one of those things that used to take a lot of time. Um, the champion series was good though. Like that, that came in relatively quickly. And that was something that was written into the contract. Cause I think a lot of athletes who had come from world cups in the past were like, uh, 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 uh we're not going to go if you're putting up all this money and we're not going to get it for a year. And so they made sure that was in there. And, and you've never disparaged uh, FINA. You've always been a soldier for them. And oh. when someone pays net 30, net 60, next 90, net 90, meaning later in the year, that that is customary. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't want to throw FINA under the bus. Certainly. No, no never. And I would I not. Guess. And that's the thing is, you know, you look at FINA, there is, there was opportunities for athletes that came from that. Obviously you have to perform. So, you can't expect everyone to be earning the same amount. Like that's the world we live in. You know, you win, you, you earn. So um, yeah, let's, 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 let's put, let's, make, let's put a real period on this and move past FINA. But the point of FINA is this, they've moved in the right direction and we, we applaud them for moving in the right direction. We think it's a great, a great move. Yeah, no, there's been progress. But, uh, so let's go to ISL. Talk to us about yeah, ISL. Oh, uh, ISL. It's like, the baby I don't have. Like I love, I just, I love the, the movement that's kind of been created through it in the last year. Uh, it was just well, a little over now, like two years, really. Uh, it's been in talks for quite a while, really since that event in Turin was canceled. And, um, you know, being a part of it at the forefront as a team owner, working with my mom and my dad and kind of seeing the behind the scenes, there's a lot of, purpose and really exciting things that align with our visions for the sport. And that's what makes it so easy to really put our name on the stamp and be like, yes, like we are hundred percent for ISL. And yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> there's some exciting news that that is coming soon. I don't know if you guys know anything behind the scenes or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, there's some fun stuff coming up and I think the world will be very excited to see what ISL has in the, in the plans. But no, I, I love it. Um, and then same too for even our team, New York Breakers. We have our entire team selected. Our roster is, is really cool. We love, I love the group that we've created. Um, I think there's, there's a, a pretty good bond already out of athletes that I've raced with you know, over the years that we now get to call each other teammates. And that was too something for me with the ISL. It's a new experience, 100%, where I get to race with relays and create those those bonds and camaraderie that I don't get swimming alone. And then um, some other really fun, really fun things. But if you want to follow that as it comes out, New York Breakers is on Instagram. So just we we should we should put some context on this. International Swimming League is a business. Yes. We're aware that it's a business. We're aware that it supports athletes and at Swim Swam. Um, you know, we, we do follow their, their business plan because it is a marketing plan and we, we want them to be successful. So we, we, as, as an industry standard, we'll hold information and try to stay within a marketing window as ISL ramps up. And of course, everything is in question. And, but our understanding is that that's going to open up soon. And there's going to be a lot of ISL information and a lot of ISL data and a lot of like this is who's swimming for whom yes. and start penciling out who's going to win. But the, so here's the big question. We, we kind of know that it's going to be in one location. We, you know, that that's, that's been reported. 
how do you, how do you feel about going somewhere and doing this long training camp and being in one location? Cause it, it, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I definitely, I like the idea of being in one location. I think for marketing, for TV, for excitement, for whoever's in that general area, there's a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of buzz, um, wherever it may be. I think to, you know, being able to create content um, from all the teams and then obviously for TV purposes and stuff like that. And then as, a, as like a personal brand, even for my own brand, it's going to be great because you'll have a sense of like, you'll find a rhythm. I think when you're traveling a lot, you have to kind of find a new rhythm in each location that you're at and being in one central spot with all the athletes focused just on training, racing, and basically being in the eyes it's going to make it that much easier for people to tune in and uh, attach themselves to the message and really follow along. Um, but no, I, I'm, I think that would really be the move. I think it'd be good for ISL. I, one thing I'm wondering, I'm curious about is how, how will, like if this goes really well, given the circumstances, cause you know, if it is a training camp and it is one central location like that, obviously it's because of COVID and such. How do things change in the future when that isn't an issue? Um, and the, obviously, they'll look at the numbers and see what happens and how it grows or how it doesn't grow. But it is—it's it's pretty fun because you know I'm—I've never been a businessman myself. Um, I've always been interested in it. I mean, like you know what I mean. Like I'm a swimmer first, but I have have a entrepreneurial uh, ideals and tendencies. But it's uh, definitely cool to see firsthand, especially when you're working with some very smart people. Do you, so if, if you have that training block or, you know, the training racing block, uh, you know, how likely is it, how likely do you think it is that we would see any world records broken there? Oh boy. Um, I think it's pretty likely, very likely. I think, maybe not as much not as much because of the training block but i think because of the excitement of being back in an event where you're racing there's going to be so much energy flowing there's going to be so much excitement and that's like like when i think of just a pure racing atmosphere that's it you know you've waited so long for it it's kind of like you look at the olympics you wait 4 years for this one moment to shine you know ISL this year would be that opportunity. And um, whoever d shows up and does it on the day, you know, I'd love to be that guy. It's, it'll pay off. Like, it'll be very worth it. Um, but I think as athletes and as elite athletes, the athletes that understand that, they're going to know it's a huge opportunity to really shine. Um, and, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, what's ISL without a few world records? <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, so, so let's, let's go outside of swimming. You know, you've been getting bigger, you've been growing your body in all these different ways. Um, how do you feel like you've grown during this quarantine period, you know, outside of physically training? Yeah. Okay. So outside of physical, I think I've, um, I've become a little bit of a, I mean, I wouldn't say a smarter athlete, but I feel like I've, I've started looking more myself into why we do things and the way we do things you know in the, growing up it was always just my dad or my mom who would then bring it and we all speak about it and agree upon something but now it's like okay i'm working with my dad to 
find out what's the best for us. Um, so it's a little more hands-on. I mean, it's always been hands-on, but it's like I can bring new things to the table more now. And, um, you know, we, we've started to do some interesting creation. I can't really say exactly what it is, but, you know, through that, we're learning more about ourselves, more about our training. And so I feel like I've just become a, a bit more of a thinker. Um, and then also, you know, because of this season, I've realized there's not a whole lot of security in competitions always being there. And I want to be able to do things that set myself up to have the freedom to race or not race, knowing that financially I can still survive through it. And that's kind of where the idea of, you know, setting things in place to give back and earn without having to race and train all the time is where that comes from. So I think that's where the growth uh, outside of physical kind of comes. What's interesting is that it's a, I've always felt that, it was like three years into your career as a pro. You're only 17. And I, and I was thinking to myself, this is an athlete who will earn a really handsome living doing what he loves. And, uh, you know, I don't know how important the Olympic Games are. I think the Olympic Games are always important. Always. Very. It's always. It's in our consciousness. It is what it is. You know, you, exactly. you're, it's, your parents are South African. It's a, you know, and you see swim through that lens. But I think that we're moving into an era where it doesn't matter. And, uh, but that I, I, I think that you've carried that concept and idea and evolved it on your shoulders. And I think you deserve a lot of credit for it. I think it's a very important aspect of swimming. Is that something you think about? No, a hundred percent. Very often actually. Um, and part of what makes me think about it even more so is, you know, the moment you speak to someone, they ask you, Oh, you're a swimmer. So when's the Olympics? And it's like, why does it matter? Like, you know, swimming in the Olympics versus swimming outside of it. You look at a lot of swimmers that do well in the Olympics. They still don't earn like they, I mean, I'm not saying like should be, but it's like they're not earning to their full potential. And I think it's obviously it's not entirely their fault, but I think there's a lot of things that us as athletes can be very intentional about that can give us that platform. You know, we can, we can take things into our own hands a little bit. And, um, you know, we, we really should be doing those things because like, you know, swimming's not going to last forever and I'm not going to be able to go at 21. Oh, all the time, you know, eventually I have to figure things out. And, and that's kind of the fun, you know, is looking forward into the future. You could do it for the next 15 years. Exactly. Oh, Hey, I'll, I'm going to be swimming at 21, four when I'm 50. I know 40, I'll go 40. 50 is a little old. <laughs> 50 is really old. 50 is really <laughs> old, Mel. You hear that? 50 is really old. We're going to move past this topic. <laughs> We're 21. We're moving past this topic. You guys are young. You're ganging Mel, up. Mel, you can go a fast 100 fly still. I can go a fast 25 underwater dolphin kick. That's it. We're, we're under three minutes left. And we just we, we did discuss that the Olympics are, are not this, you know, ISL and FINA are, are you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a positive way are making it so yeah. that your career can be defined in other ways other than the Olympic lens. 100%. However, next summer, we are, you're on deck in Omaha. Uh, what are you most confident about? What, what events are you most confident about? Ooh, okay. In so, the last two minutes, just tell yes, us. Last two minutes. It, it hasn't changed um, from when we last spoke. It's still uh, 100 breasts first day, big one. I think that sets the tone for the entire meet. Um, my 100 breast show has been really strong. I should have been under 59 in Iowa. I really, I believe I was. I had a, the worst finish ever, but you know, we were on progress to go really quick on a breaststroke and we see that continuing. Um, 2 a.m., 
I think that's one of those events where, you know, we've committed to being good at that. Uh, we still will push towards that. I think there's a spot there. Um, not that it's not going to be a hard field. I think it's going to be a very tough field. It's going to be a quick field, especially a year from now. But I think that's where we can be. 53, always. We love the 53. That's my baby. I'll never leave the 53. And then outside of those three events, um, we're looking for maybe hunter fly, maybe hunter back. But that just kind of depends on the season, and they're not really our focuses. Something my dad and I have joked about is like, oh, imagine I go to trials and I make the team in every event I swim. I could then scratch an event. You're the first person to scratch an event from the Olympics. Um, but no, I just like, those are my three. Hunter breast, 2IM, 53. Um, and I think that hunter breast joke gives you good relay opportunities, mixed men, mixed, um, and then men and mixed, and then obviously 53. Maybe do 100 free for the relay too, we'll see. But that's a big schedule at trials, so it's managing all of those expectations and the fatigue. All right. Well, I, think I think we're done. Yeah. I think we're out. You gotta, are you going to come back? I, I, absolutely. I'm always here. You guys are the best. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.